Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10 says this, finally, so that's what you all were waiting for, finally. Finally, my brethren. Now, that's important in your Bible. If you, if you, if you study your Bible, you're going to understand a couple questions. Well, I'll prolong this tonight, but stay with me. You understand a couple things when you study your Bible. Number one, who's talking? And then next, who's he talking to? Right? So when he says, my brethren, you have to understand who that is. That's safe, folks, right? The Bible says we're all the children of God through faith in Christ Jesus. So if we're all God's children because of our faith in Jesus Christ, then that makes us brethren. See how that works? Okay. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. There's a command. Just go ahead and be strong. Verse 11, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. And you could preach a whole sermon on that. The battle is not physical. I'm against, I'm against abortion like the next guy. But you understand the battle is not physical. The church has really gotten distracted in this country by fighting symptoms instead of the actual problem. Okay, anyway. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God. I appreciate your website. I don't know if you ever, nobody ever goes on their own website. But your website claims something unique that most churches don't claim. You claim you're non-Calvinistic. If you were a visitor and you didn't know that, and you're a Calvinist, that's kind of be awkward in just a sec. But <laughs> Calvinism is a false teaching. We'll start with that. Any teaching named after a man is a false teaching, unless it's the man Christ Jesus. But here's the idea of Calvinism in a nutshell. Uh, God likes me and he doesn't like you. That's the teaching. And God, before any of us exist, he liked it. He knew he was going to like me, and he knew he wasn't going to like you. And he knew he was going to like me and my grandkids, and he knew he wasn't going to like you and your grandkids. That's how that works. And so by the time you're done with that, that flawed logic, God ends up being the sinner in the equation, not me, because God ordained it. But here's the idea of the Calvinist. If God wants a man saved, he will make that man saved, no matter what that man can do or not do about it. Now, I'm not a Calvinist in regards to salvation, and I hope you're not. But here's what we see in churches as we travel. People become Calvinist after they're saved in their actions. Watch what it says in verse 13. Wherefore, take unto the whole armor of God. And we run into tons of Christians everywhere that think that it's God's job to put the armor on you. Look what it says. Take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. Well, if God wants me to stand, he'll make me stand. No, God told you to do it. This whole relationship, you understand the gospel. We present the gospel wrong sometimes. We present it as, as a choice, as if the options are equal. It's not a choice, brethren. It's a command. You understand that, right? God says, repent ye and be saved. Every one of you believe in the Lord. These are commands. They are action words that require a response from us. You understand that, right? So when he tells us as Christians... To take onto you, that's an action word that requires a response. You should be familiar with that if you're saved because you've already done what he said once. It's not a new concept. Look what it says, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand in the evil day, having done all to stand. Stand therefore having your... And then he lays out for you six pieces of wonderful armor. And usually I preach a message on one of those pieces in particular, verse 15, about the shoes because I'm a missionary and it's a really good missionary sermon, but we... we I was told by the pastor we're going to go to the restaurant, so I have to hurry. But, but I want you to look at this very quickly. If you study those pieces of armor, that Bible 
gives you an insight into something. Look at this, look at this, verse 14, and, and we're going to do as much as we can with this time. Stand, therefore, having your loins skirt about with truth. You know what this armor points you to? It points you to a person. Watch this, watch this. Loins skirt about with truth. What does John 14 say? Jesus Christ said, I am the way, the... Well, there's Jesus Christ. Look what it says. Keep going. Uh, and having on the breastplate of righteousness... You know, the Bible says that he became sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. The Bible says and he is called the righteous one, that in righteousness, just judge and make war. Righteousness is, is, is a good, good thing to understand. If you put self in front of it, that's a problem. But his righteousness is what we need. And, and Christianity is supposed to be a life that not only we were given his righteousness when we were born again, which is true. But we are to make sure others can observe that, right? There's, there's the two sanctifications of your Bible. But, but the righteousness points you to Jesus Christ. Look what it says, verse 15. And your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. The gospel is what? The death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. He is called the prince of what? Prince of peace. It's right there. There's Jesus Christ again. Verse 16, above all, taking the shield of faith. You ever read Revelation? There's a name written. He's called the faithful one. Hebrews 3 says he was faithful in all his house like unto Moses. Jesus Christ was faithful in all the things he was given to do. He's been faithful to you. He said, I never leave you nor forsake you. And he hasn't. That's pretty faithful. It's more faithful than most church members. What if Christ was only as faithful to you as you are to him? I heard a preacher say one time, I won't pretend like it's original, but he said, he said, what if tomorrow you only woke up with the things you were thankful for today? We'd be a lot, be a lot of single fellows in here. Well, there'd be a lot of dead men in here. Anyway, look what it says. Uh, that you should be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Verse 17. Take the helmet of salvation. Now, I'm not against commentators. If they're good commentators. Basically, what preaching is, we're commenting on the Bible what the Lord showed us. But boy, you want to get confused on that little statement just by a commentary. Remember what I told you back in verse 10? Finally, who? Is God telling brethren to get saved again? That's what your commentaries will tell you. But we're, we, I didn't bring mine. You didn't bring yours. Well, you brought your phone, so you probably have one. But look what it says. Take the helmet of salvation. You know what that Bible says in 1 Thessalonians? It says that we are to take for an helmet the hope of salvation. That's what it says. You know what Titus chapter 2 verse 13 says? We have a blessed hope. It's the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ. You know what that salvation is? It's our Savior coming. It's Him coming to get me. Now wait a minute. Not just out of this present evil world. That's bad enough. But out of this present evil flesh. Your problem, brethren. You want to talk about, we were talking about politics before. Because that's really fun. But our problem, your problem is really not the politics of this nation. Your problem is really not the carnal churches in your area. Your problem is not the internet. Your problem is you. You are your problem. When you wake up in the morning and you look in the mirror, you go, oh, great, you again. <laughs> you're, you're public enemy number one. You say, this guy isn't very nice. But that's true if you're honest with yourself. I am my biggest problem. Now, I love to blame my wife, and I love to blame my kids, and I love to blame the last pastor I was just with, but really it's me. And that Bible says one day I'm going to get delivered from, well, from me. <laughs> you know what that is? 
Now look at it. Where that Bible puts that? It puts it on my head. That's a helmet. I don't think it's there on accident. I preach a whole message, which I'm not going to do tonight, on verse 15. About how your feet should be shod with the gospel. And how that the, the gospel, the word shod doesn't mean the top of your foot. It means the bottom of your foot. Therefore, the gospel creates a barrier of protection between you and this world you're in. Same way with the helmet. That helmet goes on my head. And when it goes on my head, what is my mind supposed to be on? Christ could come today. I hope Christ comes today. Sure, I'd love to be in New Guinea, but I wouldn't argue with, with Golden Streets. My Savior is coming. My commander will return. My, my captain of my salvation said he would come, and I'm looking for him. And brethren, when you take your mind off of that and the salvation that he has promised you, the deliverance that is to come is no longer there, and you have let this mind go somewhere else or something else be on your mind, you cannot fight a good warfare for Jesus Christ. My mom used to tell me, you wait till your dad comes home. But there was times when, well, and, and you all that understand that, that was not a good thing. Yeah, dad's going dad's gonna to do things that nowadays you're not allowed to say he was going to do. But it, it, it made me mind. <laughs> but there was times when, when, I remember one time we, we lived in Chicago, my mom and dad were going to take me to Kitty Land, which if you drive by now as an adult looks really lame. But, but my kids would have probably had fun. And we were going to go to Kitty Land. Well, as soon as dad got home, he had to work a half a day on Saturday and we were going to go. And I thought it was great. And so for the next five, every five minutes, I was looking out that window. I was anticipating his return because there was something exciting going to happen. I think we've lost sight of how exciting it really is. My Savior is going to come. And you, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess people who, who can't make it a service, that's one thing. But people who just don't come. I, I wonder if God's got enough of a sense of humor. I think he does, that he's going to come during a church time, personally. I think he will. You say, I don't think so. Well, it's okay. You can be wrong. I think he's going to show up. I think he's going to show up right when handshaking time's over. When everybody gets here, all the late people still get here. And we all walk in, and then all the people sitting at home are like, hey, why are you in your sweats? <laughs> you say, that's imaginative. I think so. But, I, but the Bible says there's a salvation coming. Who is it? It's Jesus Christ. He's coming, brethren. Don't lose hope. Look what it says. And the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. I say that Bible's got an authorship that's divine. I say Jesus Christ is divine. Uh, my dad used to, he's kind of a stickler on some things, or he was. He used to always say, I don't, I don't want no red letter Bible. And I don't make a doctrine out of that, people do. But uh, he always said, every word in here is Christ's words. And whether or not that was the right conclusion to come to or not, it is true that every word in there belongs to God himself. This Bible is the word of God. Amen. And God was made flesh and dwelt among us. What do you got when you get done with that armor? You've got a picture of Jesus Christ. Watch this. Go to Romans 13. Romans 13. Simple thought tonight. Do you know what clothes are for? Have you ever thought of that? I mean, I don't want you to think wrongly about that. Probably 50 years ago that statement made more sense. But Clothes are for the purpose of letting us see less of you. You say, I thought he was preaching about Jesus. Now he's going to talk about miniskirts. No, I'm not. This is not a modesty statement. It's a practical sense statement. Okay? When, when, when you wear clothes, we don't think much about it. But if you didn't, everybody would be looking at you. Even if we didn't want to. 
It's kind of like, you know, uh, it's kind of like when you go in the grocery store, you go into Walmart, and they got those 85 televisions in the back wall there, and they got some monster eating somebody on there. I don't watch those kind of movies at my house, but how do you look away? Some guy getting his head ripped off by some sea monster. You say you shouldn't watch that. If that happened in real life, I'd watch it. Right? So if you, if you walked in without clothes on, we, we may not enjoy that, but we'd go, what is it doing? And this is what we'd say, don't look. And then we'd all go, at what? That's how we are. Clothes, you say, well, you're, you're, you're not being appropriate. Well, hang on, you wouldn't be if you walked out without clothes. We're just pointing that out. Clothes are for the purpose of letting us see less of you. Make sense? Romans 13. Look what it says. Verse 12. Well, I'm sorry, verse 11. And that knowing the time, that it is now high time to awake out of sleep, for now is our salvation. We just saw that. He's coming nearer than when we believed. Now, if you're false call, you think that means you're earning it. But we know what that means because we just spent 10 minutes talking about it. The Bible says this, verse 12, The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us cast off the works of darkness. And watch this, let us put on the armor of... The Bible says in John chapter 1 that he was the light that came and the darkness didn't comprehend it. But wait, it gets better. That armor is Ephesians 6. That's called a cross-reference. Keep reading. Verse 13, put on the armor, verse 12, verse 13, let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envying. That's 90% of Baptist churches. But probably not yours. You guys never fight. You're like my kids. You always get along. Verse 14, but... So this is what it means. Hang on. These, these, are, these are words that are important to the English language. I'm a big fan of this King James English Bible. Watch this. Your, your words in verse 13 says that I'm to be honest, like not a rioter, which by the way requires company. Somebody who riots all alone is just a weirdo. Drunkenness, which usually requires company unless you really got a problem. Not in chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envy. Those are not Christian qualities. But... Put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ. You can't have on the Lord Jesus Christ and be living like that at the same time. You know what he says in Ephesians 6? Put ye on the armor. Take for yourself that armor. Put on that armor. That's what he said. That means as a believer, it is possible for you to be saved and not have that on. You know what that qualifies you as? Not warring a good warfare. Right? I was never in the military, but I was raised in a military town. I know enough to know that when someone's shooting at you, you should put something on to keep yourself from getting hit. I didn't require military training. They required common sense training. <laughs> when they shoot at you, get out of the way or put something on to keep that from hurting you. We've got an enemy that wants to destroy you, brother. Put something on. The thing was provided for you. It was given to you. And we've got so many Christians walking around acting like Calvinists. Well, if God wants me to put it on, he'll put it on me. He's already done the work by saving you, enlisting you into this warfare, and providing you the, the, the armor. You're just too stubborn to, or lazy to put it on. Brother, we have to equip ourselves with what he's given us. And then he says, verse, verse 12, put you on the armor of light. Verse 14, I can't help but think they're the same thing, brother. Put you on that Lord Jesus Christ. Ephesians 6, every armor piece of that armor ties you to Jesus Christ. 
And you know what we're supposed to do? I said all that about clothes for a reason. Clothes let me see less of you. And if you put this on, we could see more of Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, we, we got an armor, and that armor is there for a purpose. It's there to protect me. It's there to watch over me. It's there to guard me. But it's there also to let people see Jesus Christ. I'm not there to put on the camp t-shirt. I'm not there to put on the latest movement apparel. I'm not there to be in the fashions of this world. Brethren, it's no wonder that we, we have an issue, and, and hopefully it's okay, we have an issue with some brethren who folks are saved. We can't tell. You say, well, you ought not judge. When you dress in a pair, I'm not, I'm not physically, I'm talking about spiritually, when you give the appearance of the enemy, we assume you're the enemy. There's a big war fought here one time between, um, between Britain and a bunch of rebellious colonists. Thank God for them. <laughs> but, but they had these, they, back then the war was we all stand in a field and we wear bright colors and then we shoot each other. And the American Indians were like, you guys are stupid. There's these trees, you should hide behind them. And they, they taught us a whole other way of warfare. They basically won us a war. But these, these British, they'd wear these real bright red coats. And the Americans would get these old faded blue ones because all they could afford. But that was how they fought. And, and I would wear, this is what they'd wear. They'd wear the brightest colors they could. Not so that that guy could pick me out. That was just a, eh, that was a price we had to pay. It was so that the guy next to me could see me. It was the orange reflector vest in the woods. <laughs> and brethren, when you put on that red coat of the enemy, don't get mad when the brethren shoot at you. You say, we ought not judge. We are called to fight an enemy. Right. We are called to stand against the unfruitful works of darkness. Right. And the church has bought into this idea that, well, if we dress like the world, they'll like us better. Maybe. <laughs> or maybe they'll see us for what we are. And then now we've got no friend. You say, well, Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ may love you and he may never leave you, but boy, he can be disappointed. I just want to leave you with a very simple thought tonight. That's all I've tried to do. Would you put on the Lord Jesus Christ? And I don't mean in the sense of salvation. It's Wednesday night. You're here and you're ready to go. I get that. I'm ready to go. There's a restaurant I think we're going to. But, but, but get this idea. You can be saved and not be the proper Christian you ought to be. You could not have your feet shod with the gospel like you ought to. You could have your helmet or your head covered with, a, with something else or not covered at all. Brethren, Take it from us. I know the missionary, we've got to play the politics game of deputation, but we are in a lot of churches, and brethren, it is, it, is, it is heartbreaking what we see at times. You know what we see? We see folks that think this thing's a fashion show to impress the world instead of a way to keep our armor on and let people see Jesus Christ. Now, I don't know a whole lot about armor because I wasn't in the military, and that was on purpose. We had recruiters in our home church, and so they really worked on their lion, but they tried, they did anyway. And I knew that everything they offered me wasn't going to be true. And then my wife said, if you want to marry me, you can't join the military. So that was it. But I would have been out a long time ago. But anyway, that's all. <laughs> Here's what I know. I know enough. I studied some medieval warfare and stuff like that just for fun. And those guys, they'd wear that metal armor. And that metal armor can just as easily protect you as it can hurt you and chafe you. Really. That metal armor, when you put that stuff on, if you move in that thing wrong, or some of, even like the military wears today, they wear that rough material, that thing could, that could, thing could, could hurt you. There's a lesson in the fact that it could hurt your flesh. I get that. But brother, you know that Bible says in the book of Peter? That we are to be clothed with humility. You know what they give those soldiers? They give them something to go against that flesh 
so that it doesn't cause a chafing. It doesn't cause a problem. And if you put this armor on that's listed out for you in Ephesians 6 and you don't clothe yourself in humility first, brethren, you're, you're not going to work good warfare. You're not going to, I don't care if you're comfortable, but brethren, that thing's going to give you a hard time. And we need to be humble people first. You know what humble, humility does? Humility allows me to be covered in someone else and be okay with it. It allows me to put me aside, being clothed in humility, and let Jesus Christ be all they see. Really, that, that's the goal. And we say, well, things like I was raised a certain way, I was brought up a certain way. Brethren, we've been born again. All that stuff ought to be put aside. We need Christian character. I'm for Bible doctrine. You picked up on that. We're going over there to teach a Bible institute. But brethren, if we give those guys the Bible and we instill in them how to rightly divide Jew, Gentile, church, and all those wonderful divisions and how to, how to put everything in its proper place and they don't learn some Christian character, brethren, we failed. I'm King James only, but I don't have to be a jerk about it. I, I, I know how to be, I, I, I don't know how to be, but I know that I should be doctrinally right and have some character at the same time. And that will not happen without humility. And brethren, I just want to leave you with a simple thing. I know my time is out, but I want to leave you with this tonight. If you're not wearing a good warfare, you've got to look at yourself first. Quit blaming the conditions of the battlefield. <laughs> and look at it myself and say, have, have I put on the Lord Jesus Christ like I should? It's a practical thought. You're here on a Wednesday. Thank God for that. But you can be here on a Wednesday and be saved and not be the proper Christian you want to be. We want to see less of you. And we want to see more of Jesus Christ. Amen.